evening, everyone, and welcome to our LSE. I'm Denise Kostovicula, and I'm a lecturer at the Government Department and a fellow at the Center for the Study of Global Governance, which is putting on this event tonight. And tonight, with a benefit of some hindsight since uh, February this year, we will examine the implication of Kosovo's declaration of independence. The question of Kosovo's final status was supposed to be the biggest outstanding question in the Balkans. And the argument very often repeated in policy circles and in academic circles was once the question of Kosovo's borders and the question of status is over, we can return to bread and butter issues, we can deal with political economic reforms, and finally with the question of EU integration uh, of the entire region. So tonight, we wonder whether Kosovo's declaration of independence actually heralds this shift to normal politics for Kosovo and for countries in the region. And to answer this question, we are very privileged to be joined by a panel of experts, all of whom have significant experience in the region and therefore unique insights in political, economic, and security aspects. Um, uh, of uh, Kosovo as well as uh, uh, the neighboring region uh, as a whole. So what I'll do is I'll introduce the speakers uh, in the order of uh, speaking. Uh, I must say that uh, Enver Hojai, uh, the education minister, sends his apologies uh, for not being able to, to join us uh, tonight. But first uh, to speak will be Anna Tilelia. Anna teaches in graduate program in international affairs in New School, New York. She was also temporary media commissioner for Kosovo for the OSCE, and she's the co-editor of the Case for Kosovo, Passage to Independence. Anna will discuss international community strategy and involvement in Kosovo. Uh, we are very happy to doubt Doughty, who has been able to join us on a very short notice. Uh, Doubt is a um, journalist and formerly a spokesman for Kosovo government, and what he will do, he will uh, tell us about the Albanian expectations of uh, prior and following the uh, Declaration of Independence. Jelena Bielica is uh, sitting at the far end there, is the editor-in-chief of Serbian language bi-weekly in Kosovo called Grajanski Glasnik. She's also the author of a book on trafficking in Europe, which was published in Serbian. And she will examine the implications of Serbia's rejections of Kosovo independence and its impact on Serb communities in Kosovo. And lastly, Team Judah here, who covers the Balkans for The Economist and uh, who has a book hot off the press. The book is entitled Kosovo, What Everyone Needs to Know and you can find it in our bookshop just around the corner. He's also the author of The Serbs, History, Myth, and Destruction of Yugoslavia, and Kosovo, War, and Revenge. He will provide a regional perspective uh, on Kosovo's independence. So uh, our speaker, each speaker will speak for 10 minutes, which I will enforce strictly, and we'll open the floor to questions afterwards. Uh. I think it's open, but then... Uh all these people are not going to see me, so maybe I need to get there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, thank you, Denisa. Thank you all for coming. People invited us and people came to listen to us. Um, I'm supposed to talk about the international strategy for Kosovo, and that's probably a misnomer. There is no strategy. I, I will argue, and I'll show you one. And it's interesting that as uh, ULEX, the, the European mission to Kosovo, uh, flounders, at least temporarily, uh, today, I would like to start by dispelling some pessimism on Kosovo. Actually, I think that Kosovo is doing very well. And it is, a, it is a success in many ways. Think about what it was about 20 years ago, the end of 1999, 1998, exactly 20 years ago. Uh, there was a martial law. The country was uh, the, the isolated, depressed, and repressed. By the end of 98, already 700 people had been killed, 700 Albanian civilians. These are my figures by cross-checking Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, and, and figures from, from the local Kemal um, uh, And now this is a small independent state with, constitution, with a constitution and a law and laws that are in line with European standard, um, a good relationship with all neighbors except Serbia, uh, and a good prospect for uh, further development. This change in these 20 years owed a lot to the resilience and the strength of the people, but let's face it, owed, owed a lot to the international community. The US and the European countries and NATO that intervened in 1999, and they stayed then uh, to help development of, uh, of Kosovo. Um, but this international community, again, a misnomer, it's a collection of, of organizations, institutions, and, and countries, is the reason for the success for Kosovo, but also a reason for uh, major failures on two key things. One, the security for the Serb minorities, and two, the rule of law. Uh, they either failed or muddled the waters on these two uh, major things. And the reasons are, I, I believe, uh, in large part systemic, uh, the international community has been present in Kosovo since 99, has a, has a huge bureaucracy that is completely unaccountable, unaccountable to the people of Kosovo, unaccountable to uh, the international, to international organization. And, and the other reason are political. Uh, I said at the beginning there is no strategy, international strategy in Kosovo. Um, I think what has been uh, true is that the international community has uh, put a misplaced emphasis on, on realism, what, what they could do or they could have done. Um, and I want to quote here uh, a famous um, American sociologist, uh, C. Wright Mills. Uh, in his uh, maybe forgotten book, but very good book, The Power Elite, uh, he, he coined this expression to say these people that are uh, involved in the industrial military complex in America, they are not realists. They are crackpot realists. They have created a reality. They, only, they are the only ones to see it because the reality is not there. Uh, and they act uh, uh, on the basis of false assumptions. Um, what happened with these two things, I mean, the systemic reason and accountability of the international community and this political uh, uh, misplacement <coughs> of, of realism, what we had as a strategist is uh, what is called sometimes creative ambiguity, uh, choices and, and decisions, decisions that were made uh, uh, without any uh, clear idea of what they were for and, and where we're going, um, and, and always uh, in a compromise, always trying to compromise and mediate between uh, opposed um, polarities. And then the other thing that the international community has created is a permanent transition. Again, this is another uh, oxymoron, uh, uh, permanent transition that now has morphed into a permanent negotiation. 
the negotiation on Kosovo seemed not to, to, to find an end. Then um, this place, right in the end, actually have forces that are not interested in settlement, uh, particularly Serbian nationalists, from Milosevic uh, down. Um, and, and this will come up probably a sticking point uh, uh, at, at this moment on the decision to be made on the uh, current international presence in, presence in Kosovo that includes ANMIC, uh, ULEX, the European Mission, the ICO, the International Civilian Office that, that uh, has, is, has to report to a steering uh, committee of 25 countries and the EU and the EU liaison uh, office, NK4, this, 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 this huge, this plethora of international organization across purposes and with different chain of commands. Um, and, and playing uh, in the hands of a Serbian national is very dangerous. I, I just, uh, I just heard uh, Jeremic, the foreign minister of Serbia's uh, talk at, at Columbia University in, in New York, and he said something wonderful. Actually, the language, uh, the language of these uh, talks are, 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 is fabulous. He said, what we're trying to do is trying to explain um, what um, the Serbian government is trying to do to a huge uh, audience of the diaspora, mostly. We're trying to do, we're trying to create an alternative reality. Um, and this is very interesting. And, and the other thing is an alternative reality to face the problem of an ethnically motivated attempt of secession by, southern, by the southern province of Serbia, that is Kosovo. Now, um, this is the, 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 the strategy of Serbia. Let's talk about Kosovo very briefly. Um, I said that the, there is a problem here with the way the international community is looking at the reality of Kosovo even now. Um, Kosovo is an independent country. De facto partition is partitioned because the north is, is a no-go for, for uh, interna the international community and Kosovo authorities. And we pockets of Serb population uh, inside its territory. The system of governments that has been proposed, ULEX, ICO, AMIC, uh, in, and, and the Kosovo government institution, uh, that is now half deployed and not operational yet, maybe never operational, or maybe yes, we don't know, um, is a system of governments that doesn't help Kosovo uh, solve the current problems that it has, but actually, especially the problem of the same minority, but hinders the opportunity of Kosovo to develop on these two three things that I mentioned before, security, for certain minorities and the rule of law. And this is evident. Evident the rule of law. How can uh, really establish, we establish a rule of law that is based on, on certainty, predictability, and personality of the law uh, when we have uh, actually scheduled the deployment of a mission, ULEX, um, that according to, the, the, uh, to, to, to what we hear, what, what, what we know, uh, might be able to really deploy and become operational only if it agrees on, on, on remaining uh, status neutral on Kosovo. How can we believe that the rule of law will be established in Kosovo if the ICO, the civilian uh, office, the, 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 the international civilian office that is part of the Atisari plan, already deployed and already working in Kosovo, um, uh, will not really be able to be operational because the condition for ULEX to be accepted is that the Atisari plan will not be implemented. The ICO is supposed to implement, monitor and implement the Atisari plan. Uh, if ULEX, according to what we hear, uh, will be uh, uh, deployed only uh, on the three conditions proposed by the uh, Serbian government, rejected by the, uh, the Kosovo government, but um, these are the only conditions, apparently, uh, that will allow ULEX to be established, 
Uh, the conditions are uh, that it remains status neut neutral, that does not, that will not um, uh, uh, implement the, the anti-SARI plan, and, and, and basically uh, destroying the, the, the system of governments the way that it's been proposed and planned so far. And the other issue, the issue of security, um, the, one of the major uh, goal of the uh, uh, of, of ULEX would be to uh, uh, um, actually reinforce or uh, strengthen the role of, of police and basically deal with the security issue in Kosovo, police and judiciary. And this is an issue of, of great importance, I, I believe, because I think that the certain minorities have a problem in Kosovo. Uh, but the way we're going about it is, again, non-strategic, it is not competent, and it not, it's not going to lead uh, anywhere even if the 1,400 police and judges will be finally deployed and working in Kosovo. The only way to uh, uh, actually assure the security of, of uh, uh, groups that are threatened and weak is to establish very strong community policing, uh, and that cannot be done with international uh, police. Um, my suggestion at the end, because I don't want to be only negative, is that um, if this is true, if what I say is true, that actually the reality, it, the reality on the ground um, makes us look at this um, uh, wonderful uh, plan uh, concocted by the international community as a, as a dream, actually, as, a, as an illusion. Um, I think that what we need to take really uh, into consideration very seriously is what has been called the Ottoman dilemma. Let's take care of, of the uh, reality. As civil society, but even as you know, leadership of Kosovo, maybe not too much time should be wasted on discussing what the ULEX will be, when will it come, and where will it be, and what will it do, and how does it, uh, does it stand in relation to the ICO, to, to AMIC. Uh, there are large bureaucracies, they have nothing else to do but discuss these issues. Um, I think that civil society, uh, we should make, and as an international civil society, as a global civil society, we should make a major effort instead uh, uh, in um, lobbying, pressuring, and, and um, not only the Kosovo government, but also the Serbian government, on really seriously improving the situation on the ground for certain minorities, especially at the very, very uh, uh, um, controversial and, and you know, the sticking point of Mitrovica, because if there are problems that they will start in Kosovo, well, probably they will, they will start in Mitrovica. And what I propose is actually there should be really a transnational uh, organization, a transnational uh, uh, co lobby committee of friends of Kosovo, not just of Albania, friends of Kosovo, the new state that will make uh, actually life better for everyone in Kosovo, that will put pressure on this uh, uh, really sticky point of, of uh, the unity of Kosovo and the security of, uh, of the Serb minorities. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Denise, and I, I just want to reconfirm again that I'm not in Verhojai. <laughs> and uh, a question I was given tonight to answer is that what are the expectations or what, what were the expectations before or after the independence was declared, independence of Pristina was declared, of Kosovo was declared in Pristina on 17th of February. So the expectations uh, from that day until yesterday I think they have, uh, they have changed and uh, they have uh, taken a different shape. Which was simple, uh, most of the Albanians in, uh, in Kosovo have um, uh, 
thought and believed that uh, independence will be declared and sovereignty of uh, Kosovo government and other institutions will be spread throughout the territory and uh, Kosovo together with the region would, would enter the first phase of, uh, of peace, if you like. But uh, um, this is not what unfortunately happened. Uh, a day after the independence uh, was declared, as you may remember, uh, the Kosovan government and the internationals, uh, meaning ANMIC in Pristina, uh, saw themselves that uh, Pristina has less sovereignty and less territory than uh, before the 17th of February. So you know that uh, the, uh, the Serbs, I believe, uh, strongly believe with the uh, help of the Serbian government, destroyed the checkpoints in uh, Kosovo borders, so the police were, um, basically they all left, uh, the Serbian police uh, uh, did say that they were not um, ready to work with uh, or be paid by the Kosovo government, so happened with the Almic police, they did absolutely nothing and they left all the territory from Leposavic to uh, Mitrovica unguarded and without no authority, so this was uh, the the moment for the, the 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 moment that that has strengthened the position, the political uh, position of the Serbs, uh, particularly the political position of the Belgrade regime. And this, um, it is uh, in continuity, of course, what what uh, happened uh, last night in in Pristina, when uh, ANMIC, uh, actually when United Nations and the uh, European Union have. Um, made a deal uh, about uh, what to do uh, with the future, what to do with how to, how to basically spread the power in, uh, in Pristina with uh, leaving uh, both sides uh, happy, Pristina and Belgrade. And Belgrade did agree with, with the plan, but guess what? Pristina government said, no, this is, this is not what we can accept. It was a bit of a surprise because uh, all those who have observed the situation and the political process in Pristina, they um, got this um, convinced somehow that whatever comes from the international community, whatever proposal comes to Pristina from United Nations or from Brussels, Pristina will accept it. But last night, you know, it was, uh, it was sort of a surprise for every one of us and said, no, we, can, we cannot accept a proposal which goes directly against the, our national interest and which is against the constitution that we have adopted. And the Kosovan constitution clearly states out that um, Kosovo government with the ULEX help has uh, um, to exercise uh, power in the uh, northern part as well. But uh, what is going to happen after, after what happened last night is not very clear, but uh, uh, reading the statements and listening to the press conferences of the Albanian uh, representatives of the Kosovan government, one may believe that there is room for some uh, negotiation. Um, what that would be, I don't know, but whatever, whatever um, compromise that will be made on uh, letting the Belgrade rule in sort of a dual, uh, uh, ma making the way for dual rule in Pristina will be uh, very dangerous and this will uh, spark, uh, uh, unfortunately, um, may spark riots and, uh, and disturbances, not only uh, in, in Kosovo, but in, in neighboring uh, parts as well. The, the problem that we have faced last night was, was that uh, international community has always, according to my, my view, has always had a very, very negative 
attitude towards the region. Uh, uh, internationals have never made any effort to understand the problem, never made any effort to understand the Serbian and Albanian position. And as I'm asked now to explain the Albanian position is that the Albanians um, fear, rightly I suppose, uh, that international community has always favored uh, the Serbs, although they have done what they've done in, in Bosnia and Croatia and even in, in, in Kosovo. So at the end of the day, they feel, although in a way the war was won by the uh, Kosovans, by the Albanians, now they feel like a victim because Belgrade is gaining whatever, whatever is asking. So uh, the last, the last uh, request uh, that was made last night by Belgrade to ordeal, which was struck uh, between uh, ULEX, between United Nations and European Union with Belgrade, it is a difficult one. Normally would not believe that uh, if a country is independent and if internationals, most of the European Union members have accepted the independence of Pristina, of Kosovo, you would normally not believe that within that, uh, uh, that territory, if you, if you simplify the definition of sovereignty, then you would say no to Serbian proposals because the country is sovereign and uh, within that sovereignty, within the constitution, there will be arrangements to guard, there will be arrangements to make, uh, uh, to regulate custom offices and, uh, and courts and so on. But the fear last night was that too much was given interference. Uh, was given too much to Belgrade, so Belgrade can uh, directly be involved into, uh, into the police force in Pristina, could be in custom service, in constitution, and so on. This is, um, uh, this is not that has been, uh, this, this is not a good thing that has been uh, accepted and expected last night in, in Pristina. So my, uh, what is going to, to happen tomorrow, day after tomorrow, I, I, I don't know, but I think that any, any compromise, anything accepting what was offered from the deal of the last night will be uh, very, very dangerous. Um, it, now, uh, linking uh, with uh, my, my opinions with, with what I think that the, most of the Albanians in Kosovo think is that things have, uh, have really gone bad, because why would, why would international community, the, every, every Albanian would ask, why would the international community would, would uh, do things in fear and would never do things without asking Belgrade what is going, shall we appoint this mission or shall we not appoint this mission? So what's the point of asking Belgrade whether we allow ULEX to function in northern Mitrovica or not? So um, if we have declared independence and if that independence was accepted, uh, recognized by uh, London and most of the European uh, capitals, then so why we make this nonsense compromise to, to the Serbs? Because at the end of the day, this compromise will not, need, will not lead to a peaceful solution. And um, uh, basically, that's, that's, that's what has, has uh, produced this uh, event yesterday. It's produced some fears which will be clear, I think, from the next days to come. Well, thank you, Daud. Um, I, I will try to, to reaffirm, I'm, I'm Elena Bialic in the case you didn't get it. Uh, I will try to reaffirm what Dao just said. I do believe that um, there is a, a frozen conflict, uh, that Kosovo is the case of a frozen conflict between Serbia and, uh, and, and Kosovo Albanians, or between those who are speaking in the name of the Serbs and claim to be uh, the Serbs, whatever that means. Uh, 
Uh, what happened in Kosovo, what is the situation on the ground, by my account, it's that since Kosovo declared independence on 17th of February, there was a division within Kosovo Serb community itself on those who were moderate and ready to, uh, and willing to, to accept uh, the new political reality or the new Kosovo status for the sake of having um, a daily life, normal daily life, and, and just keep running their daily businesses. And those who, um, uh, of course, supported by certain political options in Belgrade, decided to uh, go as radical as they can, as, as right as they can, and to um, uh, be behind these ontological claims uh, like Kosovo is Serbia. This is one situation. The other, the other, uh, the other thing that uh, that is novelty after the 17th of, of or, or it's just a repetition of something which we already seen before, is the ethnic segregation uh, that is uh, much more visible than it used to be since 1999 uh, until the Kosovo, <coughs> until the Declaration of Independence. In the sense, yeah, yeah we'll do. I'm sorry. <laughs> This means that police forces, custom services, all of those uh, multi-ethnic uh, um, um, institutions that were built up with the efforts of UN and the international community, and this is that uh, where the uh, taxpayer money of uh, UK citizens and I guess all of the other Western citizens was spent on, it's to build up the multi-ethnic constitution, uh, institutions of, of Kosovo. They were ethnically segregated after the 17th of March, and the most uh, um, visible or the, 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 uh, the, the, the example of that is the Kosovo Police Service and uh, this uh, Serbian uh, Kosovo Police Service and Albanian Kosovo Police Service, which if I, I don't know how much you are familiar how Kosovo looks like and where is the Iba River and where is which village, but you would see that on the Iba River where is the Albanian village would be a Albanian Kosovo Police Service and then like a kilometer further down or kilometer on any other side would be an uh, Albanian Kosovo police service. Those guys would both wear the same uniform, would drive the same car with the same um, uh, marcation, but uh, one would speak Serbian and the other one would speak Albanian, etc., etc. Et so this is the ethnic segregation. And one would receive the money from Kosovo budget and the other one would receive the money from UN or ANMIC budget. So, this, this, this was ongoing mess since February until the very day today. It's not solved yet. In, in uh, that respect, in speaking about uh, ethnic segregation, which is visible with, with, with all of the institutions, um, the most visible is, or the, the most significant example is it's northern Kosovo. Yeah. The northern Kosovo itself, um, it's, a, it's a gray zone, a legal gray zone. And it's, I believe, in the best interest of both Kosovo and, and Serbia to make something happen there. Call it ULEX or call it however you want, but there has to be implemented rule of law because neither Kosovo nor Serbia can benefit from, uh, from the situation in northern of Kosovo because neither Kosovo nor Serbia can claim taxes the Kosovo or Serbia can uh, have control over ongoing illicit businesses and, uh, and um, smuggling and uh, whatsoever. Uh, now, speaking um, how, uh, what were the efforts to solve these issues, because people were aware of, of these issues, particularly Kosovo government. Uh, 
who, who claims to rule the territory or who claims the sovereignty over the territory, is that they were um, giving their hands or, hand or, or showing, uh, showing their positive uh, bill or giving some positive signs to, to Kosovo Serb community to have them on board or to have, or to have them as um, interlocutors or to try to solve the things with, with them. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Kosovo Serb com community who is kept hostage of, of, of Serbian government or who is blackmailed by Serbian government when it comes to run, when it comes to decision of running the daily business, um, remain being this hostage, remain uh, being a hostage of, of, the same, of, of the same government. But the point is that Serbian government will never solve the issue of, of electricity in a particular village of, of I don't know, uh, Laplesello uh, or, or, or um, Prelce or whatever. Uh, the, the Serbian government wouldn't deal with, with something that is a particularity of, of, of this village, which has to be dealt on the municipal level of Kosovo with Kosovo government and with Kosovo institutions. And this is where, where the, this is how I see the, this hostage situation. And this is when Serbia is really not helpful in, in, in um, when it's using Kosovo Serbs for some, uh, to reinforce some old politics, to, to uh, claim the continuity with something which is really not important. I, I do really believe that every adult Serbian citizen who has a right to vote knows what it means to be Serbian, what it means to have a Serbian passport. And there is no need anyone to repeat and define this identity through Kosovo anymore. I do believe that is very clear what it means in, 20, in 2008 being a Serb. And what is the bag, what is the, <laughs> the burden that one carries on the back being a Serb in 21st century. So um, let me, let me uh, conclude with this. Uh, coming back on a frozen conflict, I do believe that a lot of people need closure and I, Closure in the sense that the war and everything what had happened and in 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 regard of Kosovo-Serbian conflict, uh, this needs to end. Maybe what uh, Natasha Kandic, who is the the head of of uh, humanitarian law center, started to do uh, with, with her initiative to form the regional. Um, uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission, it's a good way out. Maybe this would help if the both sides hear each other. Uh, help not to repeat the same mistakes because I really don't believe that over one Mitrovic, over one small piece of territory, which is um, really nothing particularly beautiful or nothing particularly, <laughs> um, how I would say, uh, Fertile. I mean, you can't even plant something. <laughs> uh, I don't believe that there should be a reason for a new war, and especially not because uh, uh, someone is it, it, claiming a continuity with 14th century bat battle in, in 21st century. Anyway, that's much for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you very, thank you very much. I was slightly worried that I, uh, about um, what I would say after 
hearing after um, my three colleagues uh, talking. Um, but I, I have to say that I, I'm beginning to wonder whether a lot of this is, is the glass half empty or half full? And I think that uh, two, maybe, maybe, maybe three of you, I don't know, would probably regard the glass as perhaps um, half empty. But I have to say, you know, you know, I don't think things are really uh, that bad at all. I mean, let's look back. Um, uh, let's look back a year ago when people were discussing Kosovo's independence. What were some of the fears that were expressed? There would be lines of people on tractors and flowing out of Kosovo again. The enclaves would be wiped out. Monasteries would be destroyed, and Serbia would be taken over by uh, the radicals and extreme nationalists. Well, what's happened? Absolutely none of that has happened. There has been no outflowing of the Serbian population. Uh, the enclaves are probably more relaxed today than, uh, than I've ever seen them anyway. If you go 10 kilometers from um, Pristina to uh, Grečanica, the Serbian enclave, uh, I know that a lot of people who you know, have this image of these Serbian enclaves as surrounded by barbed wire, which is, of course, not true, certainly not in uh, Grečanica. But there, even now, you even see things which you haven't seen for years, which is at the edge of the town anyway, Serbian shops, uh, Albanian shops, Serbian shops, kind of mixed again, which is really, you know, not quite the image that some people like to uh, present. There's quite a lot of business and uh, trade up, up there. Um, um, there has been no, well, I say, obviously, there's been, there was some violence at the beginning, but it wasn't really that much, was it? You know, after everything that was, uh, everything, all the sort of gloom and doom uh, that was expected. And let's look at uh, Serbia. I was asked to look at the sort of regional uh, perspective here. Um, has Serbia been taken over by extreme nationalists? No, not, and even Serbia not been taken over by extreme nationalists, but extreme nationalists have politically been eviscerated from the political scene, as Kosovo has now begun, to, especially as now as Kosovo has begun to drop out of the political uh, discourse, um, the radical party has has just split into two, and we now have a kind of new uh, nationalist party, which is doing extremely well in the polls, which has certainly not renounced Kosovo, but it has renounced Greater Serbia. I mean, this was not on the political agenda, you know, six months ago. Nobody foresaw that the radicals, they foresaw the radicals would, were close to power and would take over, but they haven't taken over, they've just evaporated. I mean, so, you know, maybe this is some of the, um, some of the sort of uh, more positive things that we should look at. And we have a government in Serbia, which is, for all the problems in the relationship with Kosovo, I mean, is, uh, there has never been such a sort of pro-European uh, government in uh, uh, Serbia, you know, which is one of the reasons that I think that the glass is half full, not half empty for the region, which is what I've been asked to look at. Now, let's look at the the, the, the closer region of the former Yugoslavia. Croatia and Slovenia, of course, recognized um, Kosovo very early on, and Macedonia and Montenegro um, recognized, uh, somewhat oddly in my view, but oddly in my view in the sense that they recognized the day after the vote at the, um, at the United Nations um, on whether to take Kosovo, uh, the issue of Kosovo to the International uh, Court of Justice. But, uh, you know, that, well, the, the timing is neither here nor, nor there. Well, you know, what's happened? Well, they've expelled the ambassadors. Well, okay, well, big deal. Well, you know, all the ambassadors that were expelled from all the other countries, you know, they've all gone back now. So, you know, 
Okay. I mean, Bosnia now, unless I'm mistaken, I think, yes, no, I'm not saying Bosnia, well, obviously, so, but Bosnia is the only other country um, um, in the former Yugoslavia which has not uh, recognized uh, Kosovo. But, you know, you could, uh, again, sort of be optimistic and say, well, at least it's one thing that people in Bosnia can agree on, because neither Serbs nor uh, Bosniaks um, uh, 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 would want to recognize Kosovo. The use of Kosovo in the political discourse in Bosnia, especially by Prime Minister Dodik of the Republika Srpska. Yes, of course. Yes, it's there. It's undeniable that uh, Kosovo is you know, a factor in the political um, arguments. I mean, no one can deny that. But, you know, Bosnia's problems are not related to Kosovo. If Kosovo didn't exist, Bosnia would still have a lot of problems. Um, and it would still have the same problems. Um, uh, you know, just because uh, Kosovo has declared independence, it doesn't mean that, you know, if Kosovo hadn't existed, that Bosnia would, like, suddenly become Slovenia. Um, the, looking a little bit further on about the, the impact, I'm looking at this sort of wider region. I suppose Georgia's not quite in the region, but let's talk about Georgia, since a lot of people did talk about Georgia this summer. Is Kosovo, as many people said, Kosovo was responsible for the war in, in, in Georgia in, in August, which is, of course, total nonsense. Of course it was not responsible for, for the war. You know, yes, you can argue that um, Russia made good use of arguments uh, that were used uh, in favor of Kosovo's independence for recognizing the uh, independence of uh, South Ossetia and um, Abkhazia, and you know you could argue this is the same problem that we have in Kosovo, the problem of self-determination versus the question of territorial uh, integrity. But simply as a result of that, uh, Russia simply just lost its credibility when it came to talking about uh, uh, Kosovo. Um, uh, well, in my view, and you know, comparisons are really, really rather invidious. I mean, after all, in 1991, Kosovo, as well today, was 90-something, uh, whatever percent, more or less, uh, um, Albanian. But in 1991, um, Abkhazia uh, was 17.8% um, um, Abkhaz. So, you know, I think let's be a little careful when we make these, uh, uh, when we make these uh, comparisons. I mean, there is perhaps a problem of international law. Sometimes the reality of the world doesn't fit uh, uh, international law. Well, in that case, perhaps uh, the, the law should be changed. Uh, in, you know, if there is no accepted mechanism for dealing with such problems, then perhaps there should be a mechanism for dealing with such, uh, an international mechanism for dealing with such problems. But we're not here to talk about that now. The second thing I was asked to talk about, the consequences of Serbia's uh, initiatives at initiative to the International Court of Justice. Now, I don't know how familiar everybody is uh, with this, uh, but perhaps I should just, uh, remind, uh, or just um, remind you and to explain what happened. The Serbian government decided that it would launch an initiative um, at the UN General Assembly to ask for an advisory opinion at the International Court of Justice on the legality of Kosovo's declaration of independence. In fact, there were two arguments which provoked the, well, this was part of an argument which provoked the fall of the Kostunica government because you had the, uh, the nationalist wing under Mr. Kostunica who argued that, that Serbia should 
sue at the International Court of Justice. Every country which recognized Kosovo and uh, Mr. Tadic's uh, party, the Democratic Party, which said that was a completely stupid thing to do since it would just become a con conditionality, a new condition for uh, Serbia at uh, the towards the, the EU, and what they should do was just ask the International Court of Justice whether this uh, issue, um, whether Kosovo was, had the right to declare independence. And uh, there were two arguments um, for that. One was that it would uh, freeze recognitions, and the second was that it would take Kosovo out of Serbian politics, because afterwards the Serbian government could say, we don't want to talk about Kosovo anymore, because it's in the hands of the lawyers. And, you know, I have to say that's a perfectly uh, logical thing for them uh, to do, and probably that will be, or it seems to be that is quite successful. As to freezing recognitions, well, there have been four, I think, Macedonia, Mas Macedonia, Montenegro, Malaysia, and one other, uh, 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 the United Arab Emirates, um, uh, since, since that time. I think that uh, the move uh, ha I mean, recognition's already, already obviously f slowed to a trickle. I think we now have some 52. I mean, unless something will change, I don't expect many more in the near uh, future. Um, is that good for Kosovo and the region? Well, I think it probably is not very good for Kosovo and the region because Kosovo will continue to be locked in this uh, limbo, this kind of kind of strange, kind of fr frozen conflict type situation for uh, uh, the foreseeable. Uh, future um, and whether you know what what will the what will the judges do? Will they give a clear answer if they say Kosovo's declaration of independence was illegal? Well, you can't like it's not going to mean that 50 countries go. Oh, sorry, we made a mistake. We're going to unrecognise you. Well, obviously that's that's not going to happen, is it? So, you know, um, I, I'm not really sure that it's going to have that much of uh, of an of an impact. Um, Finally, the question I was asked was, uh, given that Kosovo is hailed as the last outstanding issue in the Balkans, does independence herald a shift towards normal politics in the region? Well, no, but it's a big step towards it. I mean, there's what, the, I think this is a case here, which is, there's a very much a case for arguing here, don't listen to what people say, look what they're doing. And one of the problems is that a lot of what's actually happening, or well, some of the most important things that are happening are, they're not reported, they're certainly not, they're not reported in the Serbian press, they're not reported in the Albanian press, and they're not reported in the, well, very much in the, well, I've done it, but, but apart from that, there are, unless you're kind of looking very carefully, these things are not really reported in, in the international press because it's not very interested in Kosovo. But, you know, what's happened since July, since the new Serbian government took over? You have new people at the Ministry for Kosovo, the Serbian Ministry of Kosovo. What do they do? They, they think it's a problem, they get on their phone and they call people in the government of Kosovo and they say, let's solve this. Is this in the Albanian press? No, of course it's not. Is it in the Serbian press? No, it's not in the Serbian press. Is this something that's good? Is this a way of preventing uh, problems on the ground? Is this a way of preventing kind of flare-ups? Yes, that's a good thing. So that's why I think the, government, the, the glass is, um, is uh, uh, half full. There are direct communications without foreigners intervening you know, for daily issues um, between Belgrade and, and Pristina. And as I say, the government in Belgrade won't talk about it. They're not, they're not, they don't want to publicize it because for obvious reasons, and neither does the government in Pristina. But these are what's happening, you know, you know, or, uh, uh, you know uh, or in real life. Um, if um, 
We now have a problem, well, there's a problem about um, EULEX and EULEX um, deployment and um, whether EULEX will deploy over the whole uh, of the country. Now, I suspect that uh, although we've, we've heard and then we've been, dis doubt has discussed this, saying um, that people in, in, in Kosovo are, you know, kind of like, annoyed about the conditions that or the concessions that have been given to Serbia in general terms if this deal goes through this will be I suspect quite good it'll be good for Kosovo and it will be good for Serbia and one of the things it will do is that I think that all the countries of the all obviously all the former Yugoslav countries are linked and if Serbia moves forward to Europe this is good for Bosnia it's Croatia for everybody and you know, there's a kind of momentum, and I think that that will help create that, uh, that um, uh, momentum. Um, what else? Politics in the Balkans, yeah, they're not quite normal, but they're 100 times more normal than they were 10 years ago. They're 50 times more normal than they were, than they were uh, there five years ago. Of course, there are these outstanding issues. The Macedonian name issue. Mladic is not in The Hague. I mean, you can name all these things, but, you know, we're kind of like towards the end of that, that phase. And as I say, if you, well, if you look at it in terms of EU integration and use that as a yardstick for the, the way things are going, I mean, things are, you know, they, they could be faster, but as I said, look what, you know, the, the, the scenarios that people were talking about uh, a, a year ago. So things are really not that bad. Kosovo is in this kind of limbo. I don't think that's great, but I just think, you know, it, as I keep saying, things could have been a, a, a lot worse. And I think we're going towards, we're, we're already in this phase where, Basically, everyone has to kind of, to a certain extent, live in the, the reality. Well, we have a reality on the ground, and we have a reality of, of the, the, pretend, the pretend world, where Kosovo pretends that it's sovereign in the whole of Kosovo, and Serbia pretends that Kosovo is not independent, neither of which are true. But, okay, you know, we'll survive, and this is a far better situation than could have been anyone could have predicted for, for, for Kosovo and for the region a year ago. That's that. Thank you. Okay, so what I'll do now is I'll ask a panelist first if they want to make any comments to each other's presentations. Yeah, that. Yes, I will. Um, I will continue where I where I left maybe, and uh, what is what has to do with uh, Tim just said. Uh, my intention was not to paint here. A grim picture about the, the future of uh, Kosovo, but the picture is not bright either. So I just wanted to see um, and emphasize to what I think and what, what the most of the Albanians think. My worry is that the internationals uh, have always taken the, these um, temporary measures to the situation. They never came out with a final solution, although they wanted, uh, uh, they could have done that. Um, a very, very temporary solution was proposed yesterday that was uh, refused, a solution which um, not, not that will prolong the, the problems in, uh, in Kosovo, but will, uh, will create problems as well. I mean, it is, it is really fine in London if you see different uh, police forces wearing different uniforms like London Transport Police and Metropolitan Police, but in Pristina things are different because both police forces have different aims. They have different, uh, um, you know, funds and different uh, expectations as well. So, 
it, it was the time, I think, finally for the international community to come with a clear cut and say to Belgrade, no, we are not going to listen to you anymore. We just listen to the Serbs and Albanians who live in, uh, inside Kosovo because um, I think Yelena just emphasized the, the, the hardship that the Serbian uh, population is going uh, nowadays in, in Kosovo. And that's not the fault of the Albanians, that's not the fault of the, of the um, Kosovan government either. It's just uh, they are just paying the price of the Serbian, uh, of the Serbian government being indulged, indulged with the international in this non-ending game. You know, just, uh, and, and by, by making these sort of solutions and, and proposing this sort of solution, uh, as a matter of fact, you only gave, you give false, false hopes, or you feed uh, with, with, with false hopes in Belgrade that they are so important, and they are, uh, you know, you see the, the internationals are still after them, and they have to uh, include them in every in every solution. So, what, what if, if the United Nations and, and uh, United uh, European Union had come yesterday with a solution that um, Serbs would have been annoyed a bit in Belgrade. So what, what could they do? I think the, the, the bottom line is here that the internationals are still continuing with, with the wrong attitude that they have uh, adopted from the very beginning. Yes, I just uh, I was trying to uh, um, you know fish back in my uh, Catholic education limbo. A limbo is a place where uh, you go uh, when you die uh, and you're innocent because you haven't done anything wrong, but you haven't been baptized, and you're forever. You are, so the place is sort of nice, but uh, it's like California. There's never winter, never summer. Uh, but you can never really go. You can never really see God. You can never you know, go to paradise. Um, I think that Kosovo is not in limbo, although uh, this is the strategy Yarimich says it clearly. Our strategy is to keep, if they have one, is to keep Kosovo in a limbo. Um, Kosovo is not limbo. Kosovo is independent. What's in a limbo is the situation of the uh, territorial integrities, the north, the northern part of Kosovo. But Kosovo is not in limbo. It's, it's independent. Uh, there is no way of reversing uh, independence. The ICJ um, decision, whatever will be, is not binding, and this is international law. And uh, and from from what you know, again, Gerimich uh, is my best source. Um, it's uh, the only country that I said specifically if the ICJ CJ uh, gives uh, an opinion that is in, in your favor, we, we might reverse our decision on Kosovo. It's the only country, Costa Rica. But uh, there is no other country that will, will even, even imagine reversing. So, so Kosovo is independent. And it's already working as an independent country in many ways. There is like, what is Betula? Betula Destan is, is now representative of the government of Kosovo uh, in the UK. And it's been accredited already or not? So uh, Kosovo has, uh, starts having embassy as a minister of, uh, of the uh, foreign affairs and is going to have a defense force, finally, small, the way that's you know, appropriate for, for, for Kosovo, starting on in January. They said that it's never going to happen. It is happening. It's not the uh, Kosovo Protection, Protection Corps. It's not Temeka, but it's going to be the Kosovo Defense Force. Kosovo is an independent country. Um, I hope it doesn't, you know, that the situation doesn't, um, in the north, doesn't continue forever. But it's not going to continue forever. At one point, the decision of the partition will have to be made. I'm sorry. Doubt. Mm -hmm. 
because nobody can go. I mean, this all this all concoction of ULEX ICO, all this stuff. Yesterday's proposal is is basically about it. You know, if you if you recognize a different police force, a different custom service, a different this and different that, that's that's de facto probably they want to push it into the EU partition. Yes, but you know, at, some, at one point, it is, this decision needs to be made. What, what is going on now with all these uh, large bureaucracies is to keep the fiction. And I what's agree with you. The fiction that Kosovo is one. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm asking what's the consequence? How the Albanians going to accept it? Because at the end of the day, they might, they might think, listen, if you have your territories inside Kosovo and you have your Serbs here, uh, we, we have our Albanians in Serbia as well, you know, in, in the Prasheva Valley. This is, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, give you a clear and final solution. That's, that's uh, a problem that I think is going to come up. Uh, or the other, I, I was always in favor, and I was thinking, and normally, a normal, uh, a reasonable man would think that the Serbs and, and the Albanians would, would solve themselves this problem. They would create two delegations and deal with it, because they both know uh, the importance of it, and there are no con consequences, and just leave, leave alone, you know, leave aside the uh, European Union and the uh, United Nations. I think the best, the best thing is that both, both parties get involved and seek a solution, which to my knowledge, this has happened yet. Jelena, would you uh, like to say something uh, on this no, point? No, I, I think that there is no solution as long as the, both sides, the one side thinks it's Serbs and the other side thinks it's Albanians. I mean, <laughs> and with, with the whole package of being a Serb and being an Albanian, I mean, as long as they don't uh, deconstruct it, as long as they don't shift the meaning of being a Serb and being Albanian, then there is no, I mean, there is no solution. From, from this position, there is no solution. Is there, these are opposite. I mean, like these are opposite ends. So maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe if Kosovo thinks Kosovars, Kosovo citizens, instead of when you say doubt, you speak about Kosovo and you speak Albanians. You don't speak Kosovars. I mean, as Serbs, they speak Serbian. They don't. No one exists in Serbia except Serbs. I mean, no, no one speaks any other language in Serbian Parliament. I mean, Kosovo is even advanced comparing to Serbia. They, they at least speak Serbian in their Parliament. In, in, in Serbian Parliament, no one knows to say in Hungarian uh, good afternoon or, or good morning, or, or not in Albanian. And there are like 23 minorities in Serbia. This is, uh, these are the real, I mean, this is how I, I, I would I would construct the problem, not like uh, there's Serbs and Albanians. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm in so denial of Serbs and Albanians. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we'll do now is open the floor to questions. Uh, I'll uh, kindly ask you to tell us your name and uh, uh, whom you would like to um, answer your questions. So let's start. Uh, gentlemen uh, over there. Yeah, I would like to answer, ask this gentleman, how can he say that uh, Kosovo is independent when it was American bombs that brought Kosovo independence? Kosovo was about as independent as it was under Hitler's Germany when they had their own Quisling state. Or maybe less the And, and, less the, the, and the map of the Balkans is exactly the same as it was under Hitler. Or maybe and this lady, she's talking about her Catholic because background. Because Serbia was that, that bombed, not, that became that independent. So the Catholic that. Church, the Catholic Church wanted to eliminate the Serbian population from, from, from uh, during the Second World War, okay, so one third to be killed, one third to be expelled, and one third to be to be uh, uh, to be uh, 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 deported. Okay. All right. So she's hardly neutral in this uh, in this. 
And her, 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 her mm. att attempts to kind of finesse this problem and, okay. and put it under the, the, the okay, so some so sort of democratic. Uh, uh, but how, how's, how the Serbs going to be uh, it's assimilated, so called, into Kosovo? Okay, this gentleman so, so says two, the Serbs two, are going to. Two questions are is yeah. how can Kosovo be independent and Kosovo Serbs will be assimilated? No, I, well, I want, to, I want to ask how are the Serbs going to be convinced that Pristina is their, is their natural, uh, natural okay, home so and natural are two state? Okay, questions. Thank you. Except by force, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Elena, do you want to take the question about... No, I'm, I'm, no. Sorry? What, how, sorry, the, the, I only remember the second question. What was the first one? Well, I want to ask you the first question. How, how is Kosovo independent? Well, it is independent. Okay, right. Well, I mean, in, in nowadays, response. every every. When if you ask if you ask okay, questions, let me just clear. answer them. Okay, the the question is clear. Let let the speaker uh, respond, please. So you made five six questions now, but let me just. Uh, so one question. Well, it is independent. Okay, Kosovo let, is independent. It has some problems that we have discussed so far, and the second is nobody wants to assimilate the Serbs. All all. All the Kosovan governments and the international ones from the Serbs just to respect the law. They just become normal citizens. They, nobody wants to assimilate them into Albanians. Okay, you can continue with the speaker afterwards. Another question. Okay, uh, question over there. My The first question is what has Serbia to gain from the, this limbo state? And the second, to what extent is disagreement within the EU contributing to it? Do you want to, do you want to take, are you going to do this, take questions, and then we'll cut like three or four questions, or should we answer them individually? We can go one by one, and then we'll see. We can okay. do three at the same I can time. Okay, let's one. do another one then. Basically, I just wanted to find out, Helena, whether you agree with the uh, team's assessment that the new Serbian government since July is talking very well to the Kosovan Albanian government. Um, and the second uh, thing for doubt, would you mind explaining a bit uh, more about the proposal yesterday? Unfortunately, I'm not up to date. I don't know whether everyone here is up to date with what was proposed and what was disagreed about. That's all from Okay, and we'll take one more question from gentleman there, and we'll uh, respond. Is there any chance, <coughs> sorry, gee Leslie, is there any chance or danger that this disenchantment uh, with the, the current situation, um, either by um, the Kosovan government being forced to doing to do things that it doesn't want or having things thrust in it by the international community will lead to any, um, oh, I don't know, um, rolling back of the, uh, uh, the present um, commitment uh, 
um, to you know, the peaceful transformation which is taking place, or that there will be groups within Kosovo who are unhappy at uh, the way the international community is behaving and therefore could cause problems. And in the same, in the same way, is there, is there, a, well, is, it, is there also uh, a danger that, do you see it's a real danger that there will be a de facto partition of Kosovo in the northern and, and southern parts? Um, what, how, how great are these um, th uh, threats? Or do you think that uh, they'll pass by? And um, oh, can, you ju can you judge whether or not there is any real meaningful independence since the Euro uh, Europe, European Union is so heavily involved and is constraining uh, the Kosovo government in, ma in real, many real respects? Thank you. So let's uh, respond now, Tim. Would you like uh, to yeah, I can. I, I just just on, on that. That the, there are two questions I'd like to address. I think on that that last one, I don't think that there is any chance. Uh, I, I mean, I hope I'm right, but I don't think there's any chance of uh, of um, anyone going back to violence. And I think that if uh, there are people who are unhappy, and political parties will be unhappy, well, you know, it's a parliamentary democracy, and uh, there are uh, parties which will undoubtedly. Um, oppose the Kosovo government if it accedes to what is being asked for it. So in that sense, that's um, you know, something uh, good. That's what I expect. Uh, and the other question I wanted to address was what has Serbia to gain from the current limbo and, and do, to what extent does EU lack of unity uh, contributing to the situation? Well, of course, the EU lack of unity contributes uh, to the situation if you've got uh, five countries um, of the, the EU which uh, um, are which oppose the the uh, which have opposed the independence of Kosovo and the the rest of the 27 are in favour. Yes, that is a serious problem for for the EU. Having said that, I mean EU Lex was voted by 27 countries, and um, therefore it has the backing of the full um, EU. I mean, what has Serbia to gain from the, the current limbo? I mean, I think that what Serbia really wants to do, I think what this, the authorities really want to do, is just get rid of Kosovo as an issue. The fact is that there isn't, there isn't, there is no kind of political constituency to, and there is no, you know, Serbia's not at the point where a leader can stand up and do what many people have said that Serbia should, or a Serbian leader should do in the past, which was to be a de Gaulle and do a sort of Algeria and say, sorry, my fellow citizens, the reality is that um, Kosovo is lost. I mean, you know, we haven't got there yet. You know, we might get there one day, but I mean, that simply is not the case uh, at the moment. Um, and I think that, you know, that, uh, that, uh, if you have to, you should, you know, you, you need to kind of bear in mind some of the kind of the realities of, of, of politics. Although I'm saying, although I have argued that, you know, that the, this Serbian government just wants to just get rid of it as an issue. Say, look, we just don't want to deal with this. We've got other priorities. We don't care what happens there. We just want to kind of just keep the Serbian areas not kind of under control, but just keep the whole place peaceful. We don't care what Albanians do. As long as they leave Serbs alone, don't give us problems. And we want to go to Europe, and we don't care what we don't really care what they do. I think that's that that's um, part of it. But um, you know, I, I think there is a kind of uh, there is an there is a kind of issue which has got to be in the back of the mind of or any uh, Serbian leader, which is that it's only six years since the Prime Minister Jinjic was assassinated. And I think that that has to bear 
you know, that has to be in the back of the mind of any Serbian leader. And although they might say in private, you know, we, don't, we just want to get on with our, the rest of our lives. And, you know, there is a political reality about how we have to deal with Kosovo. But, I mean, that is also a reality that people have to bear in mind. So I don't think it's, it, you know, it suits Serbia, you know, but it suits Serbia for the moment to deal with it in this way. Those are the two ones that I'm going to address. Jelena, do you want to address your question? Uh, yeah, I, I do agree with him. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for not addressing, but the, 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 the friction that exists in, in Serbia between, uh, yeah, I don't want to repeat pro-European <laughs> and the nationalistic forces, but the, the Democratic Party of, of Boris Tadic, who is practicing some pragmatic po politics, real politics, I mean, to some extent. And, uh, and uh, uh, Vojislav Kostunice, who is, who is a representative of, of a nationalist right wing, um, that, that, I mean, that mirrors, but in, in Kosovo, I mean, they are not, it's not a friction between the S and the SS, but there are uh, some small political parties, Kosovo political parties, and then there is a Serbian radical party in, in BSS. So yes, I, I do, and apparently after, after uh, uh, Serbian elections, and, uh, in the 11th of May elections, and the, the, the um, formation of the government, uh, the, the things have, they, they changed, and uh, the current minister for Kosovo and Metohia, it's very helpful, this, and Bogdanovic, it's, it's really, <laughs> He's the, the, uh, the current minister for Kosovo and Metohia. It's very helpful. He's cooperating to a great extent with uh, ANMIC or um, IC or EULEX or whomever of, of this uh, international community. So there is progress, yes. Doubt, would you like to? Yes, just I just I got a direct question uh, which was asked to me, but I first answer a question from a gentleman who asked from there what are the gains and uh, the, the other issue about the um, European Union. I would have to agree to what uh, Tim said about European Union because they, in uh, most of the times, they do not they do not have the will and the power to uh, solve things. So it's, it's 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 an animal that has no teeth to bite. That's um, unlike America. But uh, to go to the second question, so what are what what uh, what the Serbs or what Serbia in itself? My understanding of your question was would gain from this. I don't I, I don't think that Serbian government or Serbian political elite uh, want really to gain anything out of out of this problem. All all they want to do is to create trouble and new and non-ending hardship to the Albanians and the Serbs in Kosovo. This is what they have uh, approved so far. The, nobody has gained out of this game, no the Serbs, no the Albanians. It's just, the problem was that the, the problem is being prolonged, and maybe that's the, that's the aim of the Serbian government or, or leadership. And to go to the second, second question about, um, about the proposal, I, um, I looked at it yesterday, but it wasn't available, the, the whole proposal to be read, but uh, maybe it has been publicized today. But according to, to other sources that I read and critics and criticism that were made yesterday and today was uh, that uh, the six-point proposal, as it was called, uh, proposes, uh, uh, proposes two, basically two administrations in, in uh, Kosovo, proposes two sets of laws, two, sets, uh, two police forces and uh, two uh, custom services. And both uh, these, um, uh, 
the, this dual sort of rule uh, will be sponsored or will be uh, financed by, uh, by different uh, financial sources. And uh, it is something that hasn't really happened uh, in the history of, uh, of politics and law. You cannot really have dualship within, within one entity. Okay, so we'll take another set of questions. Um, we'll go to the question there. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you. My, my name's John Ewer, and my question is, uh, could you comment, please, on the current relationship between the Kosovo and Albania, and is there any desire by either party for uh, closer links, even uh, perhaps eventual unity? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll have a question there. Yes, uh, hello everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Dusan Komar. I'm uh, currently a master student uh, of economics here at LSE. So since uh, this is university, uh, I would expect to hear more uh, positive and less uh, normative um, statements. So. I think there is uh, two sides. There are two sides to every conflict. So although I am from Serbia, I'm not going to take only Serbian side, unlike uh, speakers who did take Albanian side. So I would just like to say a couple of facts in uh, Serbia's defense, if I may. So Mr. Juda, uh, you mentioned Serbia's initiative in the United Nations uh, for regarding Kosovo's independence, I think you failed to mention that uh, 70 countries in the United Na Nations supported Serbia's initiative and only five countries were against that. Okay, that's question number one. Yes, uh, can I, can, I, I only have... One very quick one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I heard here that international community actually supports Serbia. So, in 1999, Serbia was bombed for 78 days by international community because of uh, alleged genocide of uh, Albanians in Kosovo. After 1999, uh, some 250,000 Serbs left Kosovo okay. under NATO's government. So okay, the basically, is? yeah, I actually don't have a question. Okay, well then we have one question. <laughs> Can I just? We Say a couple more things. Okay, okay. Would like to ask a question. Okay, so I'll just take one lady here, and that will be our round, and we'll do another round. Okay, uh, I'm Vittoria Pazzoli. I just want to ask a question about uh, EU has proposed the six points. Uh, no, UN has proposed the six points for Kosovo, and they, it means that there are there are to, going to exist two administrations, and I. I don't think that Kosovo is going to accept this, but uh, how is, is there any idea how it's going to work if they accept it, if there's going to be two administrations in one independent country? Or is it Kosovo being divided in two parts now? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hmm? Tim, would you like to answer um, the question? I would, well, uh, yeah, I mean, about uh, the, yeah, there were 77 countries voted in favor, six against, 74 abstaining, and 22, 28 recorded as being absent. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's a fact. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not disputable. So, um, and there was asked about, I mean, 250,000 Serbs, that is, I mean, I don't know how many people really believe that 250,000 Serbs really left Kosovo since in 1991 there were only 200,000 Serbs according to the 
the, you know, the 1991 census. And if there were 250,000 who left, then there are 100-something 100, 100 thousand now, then it makes like 300-something thousand. I mean, I don't think there are many people who believe those statistics. And since the UNHCR only took them from the Serbian Commissariat for Refugees, I think it's rather likely that there is rather a lot less refugees are bad, but... <laughs> Sorry? No, there were... Two, were they, yes, that was, a, that was a line in the middle of the war, but I think that... It, Sorry? Who said 100,000? No one said 100,000. Nobody said she didn't say that. No, it's like, nobody said that. And sorry, the, oh, the question about Kosovo and, and Albania. I mean, some, somebody else, I mean, just sort of briefly. I mean, no, I mean the, Kosovo and Albania have lived apart for so long that there is no political party in either Kosovo or Albania which has got anywhere by proposing uh, unity. I mean, that might change. I mean, but uh, for the moment, that has been... Um, the, the case. I also don't think this question about two administrations, but I'm not sure it's like quite as simple as that. Two, I mean, I think it's a little bit more kind of nuanced. I mean, as far as I understand it, that actually, for example, about police, what they're proposing is really to keep the existing system whereby the, in the north, you know, that the, the KPS police functions as it functioned before, that there is a kind of um, UN or EU-LEX intermediary in the chain of command. I mean, I don't think it's quite as dramatic. I mean, it may not be great as far as Christine is concerned, but I don't think this thing of two, it's not qu quite as dramatic as that, I think. I mean, that's, that's more from what I've understood. It's not really, but okay, that's it for me. Can I say something? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what does Serbia have to gain from this um, tactic? Because there is no strategy on Kosovo. Um, uh, um, I, I'm, I'm listening to what the panelists and other people are saying, and, and what I'm actually amazed about what the Serbian government does, Serbian politicians do, they always practice, practice a wonderful exercise in what is called footing. They use um, different words and they say different things to different audience, audiences. We have heard now that, that the Serbian wants to get rid of Kosovo for, uh, I don't know, many years, 10 years? There's always some diplomats that, you know, privately they tell us they want to get rid of Kosovo. No, they don't. No, they don't. Because they don't, uh, in their action, they don't, they don't, in their words, and, and what they're doing at this point is incredibly uh, destructive. Because um, the idea of keeping uh, Kosovo in limbo, try to stop recognition, try to stop uh, the acceptance by international organization of Kosovo, like IMF, organization that can help actually develop the place that is right at the border of Serbia, is, is not uh, a constructive game. Uh, the uh, six points that Amik is proposing, I think that what the, um, the Kosovo government, not the Albania, the Kosovo government finds um, uh, uh, debatable and, and disputable here is that there's has already been a negotiation on these six points. These are all things that have been discussed and resolved, resolved between quotes, by the Actisari plan. And now the, the negotiation has been reopened again. Issues like decentralization, police, and security, all this stuff has been already discussed in the Atisari plan. If the Atisari plan is implemented, although it's difficult to implement, all this issue will be uh, resolved. Sorry, just about Kosovo and uh, Albania uniting. Um, as Tim said, uh, there, there hasn't been any, any plan or there hasn't been any work between political parties of Albania and Kosovo to, to come to this or to make things happen. 
Um, although there were some insignificant, maybe, ideas and uh, political parties that never made to the central level or to the mainstream politics in Pristina and Tirana. And uh, nowadays there is, um, uh, there is hope that uh, still that Kosovo, as an independent state, uh, will survive and internationals will, uh, will come to their terms and Serbia will just uh, you know, accept the real situation. So there is... Um, a hope for the region to get all together into into European Union. Otherwise, if uh, if there was no hope of going together to the European Union, one day it's it's very very simple, and uh, everybody would believe that the Albanians would just come and get together, say, "Listen, guys, this is not working. You know why we bother about creating Kosovo? Let's just create one one state, you know, and just end this misery." But uh, this, is not, uh, this is not going to happen, I think, because, not because the Albanians do not have a plan, but because they have a hope. Okay, so we'll take the next round of questions on this side. We'll have a gentleman there, one question in the back. Hello, uh, my name is Ralph Wilder. I work in international law up the road at UCL. Um, I wanted to ask about international law. Obviously, none of you are international lawyers, um, but if I could explain to you that uh, international law uh, essentially, under the situation in international law, Kosovo's declaration of independence wasn't lawful. And I just wondered whether you thought that was right. There was reference to, you know, well, international law maybe was an impediment, maybe we, therefore we need to change international law. And I just wanted, as it were, to put the, the reasons why uh, self-determination is, is not permissible. Uh, when I try and teach this to my students, um, you know, how can you argue against self-determination? It's, it's about human rights. It's about people deciding their own identity and their future. Uh, but, of course, if every vaguely homogenous ethnic group within a state was given a right of external self-determination, the right to break off and become an independent state, there would be anarchy and chaos. And there are very good reasons why international law has a conservative position on the circumstances when self-determination can be exercised. Yes, it's very good for the majority population in Kosovo. It's not a problem for them. Uh, that's not the issue, is it? The issue is the minority in Kosovo and then all of the other uh, minorities in other states who don't get this right. Why does one group get it and others don't? And do we want a world? Is, I mean, if you want to defend Kosovo's independence, what you have to say is, I would defend the independence claims of all of these groups in all around the world. Are you prepared to do that? And if you're not, why is Kosovo special? Okay. We question here. Uh, hello, my name is Mike Walsh. I have a question for Mr. Judah, please. Uh, I'd like to know how Mr. Judah can possibly claim that um, the Serbs in the enclaves in, in Kosovo and Methokia, especially Gracinitsa, as he mentioned, that things are getting better, that things were actually getting quite well, he said. That when I know that is not the case in Gracinitsa, Velika Hoca, Devitugovica, uh, you name it, all of the small enclaves in, in Kosovo and Methokia, the Serbs, they cannot go outside of those enclaves, they will be killed, attacked. I know that for a fact. I've been going there for the last eight years to Kosovo-Methokia. I've seen it. Even just recently, I'll be there again next week. The Serbs cannot move out, out of these enclaves. And, next, and you're saying then that, oh, it's okay, they can move now. Things are getting better. Things are not getting better for the Serbs in the enclaves of Kosovo-Methokia. 
Okay, we'll take two more questions in this round. This gentleman here and this gentleman over there. Avram Balabanovic, uh, I would just perhaps uh, carry on with the previous question, but slightly enlarged from Mr. Judah, who said that there were no problems and that you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Is it not the case that after nine years of international community in Kosovo, uh, many hospitals have been built where Serbs do not dare to go, many roads have been repaired where Serbs do not dare to drive other than in armored vehicles, that all mosques have been repaired and that 100 church, uh, Serbian churches still are in ruin and that out of 20,700 people, uh, Serbs who live in Pristina, there is now 110. Out of 8,700 in Prizren, there is now 65. And in the same time, in Kosovska Mitrovica, the northern part, it seems that it is the only multi-ethnic place because there, other than Serbs, there are 2,000 Albanians, 3,000 Bosniaks, 500 Romas living together. Okay, thank you. And one more question here in this round, and maybe we'll be able to squeeze a couple more. Hi, my name's uh, Marco Gazic. Uh, I just wanted to ask the panel, indeed the audience, whether, following on from what the previous speakers said, are we really happy with the danger to this world presented by groups of countries getting together to declare other, par other countries in part deceased and defunct? Uh, are we aware of the danger to all countries and to the entire world system, as indeed a previous speaker has mentioned, of this law of the jungle, which unfortunately we in the West are instituting in the case of Kosovo? And okay, I would ask you. one other question. This is on a, uh, do you really think that there's an, a real moral basis for this, which is the only excuse given for it, given that the UNMIC people on the ground themselves said last year, having uh, condemned the KLA uh, for ethnically cleansing 220,000 Serbians, uh, according to the UNHCR, and the UNMIC staff themselves say that the KLA have transformed into criminal structures carrying out organized crime activities of drugs and weapons trafficking and prostitution. These are the real power in Kosovo, and many of their leaders are now political leaders at all levels, including prime minister and other ministerial offices. And they finally add that the rights of Serbs are not institutionally protected or guaranteed, but entirely depend instead on the will of nebulous networks of organized criminals and warlords who wield actual okay. power in the Albanian majority. Thank you. Thank We're you. running out of time, but we'll get panel to, to address the questions. So we have a question about self-determination and how Kosovo case is unique, whether this right can be universalized and what are the consequences. And the question basically about enclaves. Jelena, would you like to start with the the question about enclaves. I, 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 I would like to start with the last question, which was about this uh, organized crime uh, trafficking and, and, smuggling. Okay. And, and smuggling. Okay, I'll speak in the mic so you can hear me. So I, I think that um, uh, this idea in which the Serbs are lawful and pure and, and um, they do not commit any crime, and then there are Albanians and the others who are unlawful, who are outlaws, and who are wrong, it's the old idea. And, it's, and what this question was about is basically reproduction of, I mean, it's reproduction of an old discourse which 
which is this discourse of Milosevic regime on how the, the Serbian identity was constructed and where the Albanians were in, in this construction and where the ANMIC is. It's now because it's in Kosovo with Albanians uh, belongs to, yeah? So I, 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 I've been researching trafficking in human beings for uh, like five or six years and I wrote two books about the problem of organized crime and I can tell you that the Serbs and Macedonians and Albanians and all of them together are all of criminals and all of them are trafficking in women and in arms and in, and, and in weapons and in, in, in drugs and in whatever you want. And there is no particular ethnic group who is less criminal than the other. All of them, all of them who are in crime are equally criminal. And I don't think that one particular state, or in this case Kosovo, can be defined as a, as a nest of, 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 of criminals or whatever. Serbia is an equal nest of a criminals. I'll remind you that Serbia is a country in which the criminal group assassinated a prime minister in 2003, in which the same criminal groups were smuggling in drugs and, 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 trafficking, and trafficking in weapons and in, in, in people. And it's the country which still cannot fight the, the criminal class or of, its, of its own. Okay. Let the speakers address the second question, sure. the question about the, yeah, or, would you like or, to? Yeah, I'd just like to, I mean, I, the, addressing the point about international law, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I dare say that Serbia's declaration of independence or its beginning path to independence in 1804 was also illegal and its period of going through, or period of autonomy until 1878, which you could actually compare to Kosovo's passage to, from or through autonomy to independence, was somewhat similar. So you could argue that Albanians had only taken a leaf out of the, the book that had been previously followed by, by Serbs. But, you know, apart from that, I mean, I take your point. There is a point. But let's look at Sudan, for example. Let's look at South Sudan, which had 50 years of war and millions died. You know, what about, look at, let's look at Eritrea. Yes, Eritrea's Declaration of Independence, uh, well, it was not, it came about in a different way, obviously, but it came about after decades of war. We have the situation in South Sudan after decades of war. I mean, which is preferable? An independence arrived at in this way or more decades of conflict? You know, that, that is the issue that we're facing. The rule book might say one thing, but if you say, no, sorry, you've got to, you've got to carry on like the Sudanese did for 50 years, and then, then you have a problem. I agree that Western Sahara should be an independent country. Of course, Western Sahara should be an independent okay, country. We, we get your point. Of course, it's a question. Sorry. Sorry. And then, um, uh, was there anything else I was going to address? Um, no, no, that's it. That, okay. Uh -huh. I mean, <laughs> Just if I, if I could add something to the, um, the uh, two questions were asked. The moral position about, about those who have uh, supported and who support the Kosovo and independence and 
what's the position of the international law about it. I mean, I don't, I don't think law, uh, the law, international law is very, very clear. I mean, the, the, the best definition of the international law is that the international law is a will of the majority of, uh, uh, of, of the countries or, or, or superpowers, if you like. We do not, we, I don't think we can look strictly at the definition of the international law because if you look at this on, on, the, on the point of creating new states, you would have had today only two empires. It would have been Turkish and British Empire. You, know, you wouldn't even have USA as a country nowadays. Uh, Anna, would you like to make a closing Just remark? one. There is a declaration um, of the General um, Assembly of the UN that actually um, supports self-determination as a, as, a legally, as a legally sound um, notion. And, and, and the self-determination is pretty established in international law from decolonization. So you might want to argue that, um, but someone else will argue that Kosovo was colonized and illegally annexed to Serbia in 1912. But, but you know, it's pretty established, so I don't see any problem with self-determination. And, and Kosovo is not a sui generis case. actually follows the, the model of East Timor. Um, um, and, and Kosovo doesn't set any president. The president is Istimo. Kosovo, Kosovo follows, and, um, and I don't see any problem with that from the point of view of international law. I'm not an expert, but I read a lot about that. Okay, well, I'm afraid we are running out of time, but uh, what I want to do is to say that uh, we started with discussion, and our panel was divided over a glass, whether the glass was half empty or half full. <laughs> And I hope that on a future occasion when we come to debate, Kosovo will uh, uh, be more clear that the, about where the glass stands and that it will be more uh, in favor of it being uh, half full. And uh, I would very much like to thank our panel and also the audience uh, for asking uh, questions. Thank you very much.